Hello, world. I'm excited to have my next guest on. He's an entrepreneur, founder of the Birdie Bundle, which is a subscription golf box where you get a whole bunch of goodies, and we'll get to that later. He's owner of Complete Nutrition, Bowling Green, Payne Marlow. Hello, sir. What's going on, my man? Thank you for having me. Of course. You're welcome. Thanks for coming on. How's your 2020 going? Shoot, man. Where do I even begin? Uh, it has been a, a whirlwind of ups and downs and, and hurdles and uh, just a whole year. The definition is uh, just roll with the punch and, and get back up and See what you can make out of it, man. It's been it's been crazy. Survival is a big one. Absolutely. We're making it, man, just one day at a time. So I met you at a bar in Nashville, Tennessee. I was there for business slash pleasure. Met you randomly, and we were talking about the Tennessee and Cleveland Browns game that was coming up the next day. Yep. The sped was like four points. Jesus, man, that game was crazy. That was a wild game, man. Yeah, it was. I lost some money on that one, Sean. I, we didn't we didn't hit the parlay like we wanted to. So my, my Titans failed me. No, sir. Yeah, I put a lot of money on Titans minus four. That didn't work out. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, next time. I've done several of these episodes and the main denominator with a lot of successful people, especially entrepreneurs, is that there's something inside you, something innate. Maybe it's something that was cultivated by your parents or your family or something that just came from out of nowhere. I want to peel the layers back and see where your entrepreneurial spirit came from. Talk to me about your childhood. Were your parents salespeople? Yeah, absolutely. And, and you nailed it right on there with uh, coming from my parents. My dad graduated college with an uh, economics degree. But when my sister was two, so I, I still wasn't born yet, my dad started an, an auction company in Louisville, Kentucky. So he started this from scratch. He's always been phenomenal fiscally financially and i think it was a was a rough start for for him at the beginning but uh one thing that i play over and over my head is my mom telling me that even though their income had drastically reduced that they had no change in lifestyle and we see so many people living you know above their means that's ingrained in me that you know how risky it is starting a business and you have to be mentally prepared for the challenges that that they will bring. My dad has those values. They, they've been instilled in him since you know he was a kid. He grew up poor in between Missouri and Illinois. And he was kind of, I wouldn't say like a first generation entrepreneur. His parents uh, owned a little small corner store in the country, but uh, he's done very well for himself. And, and growing up, I got to watch him do that and, and work a lot. And I just grew up with those values. Just, you know, you get out what you put in. And uh, if you want to be somebody, you got to pull yourself up by the bootstraps and make something of yourself. And uh, so it's always kind of been part of the goal. And I, I do watch a lot of, you know, motivational entrepreneurs and speakers on, on YouTube and, and other podcasts. And I just felt like it was time for me to kind of pull the trigger and make something of myself. So out of college, that, that's what I did. People that check out your Instagram profile, they see all the cool pictures of you hanging out with friends and, and speaking about your company. They don't realize that that's a blood, sweat, and tears to create, right? It's, it's, it wasn't, it didn't happen overnight. Yeah, and that's the funny thing about Instagram because it, it is, people say this all the time, that it's a highlight reel. And if you yep. looked at mine, yep. you, you'll see the you'll see the highlights. You'll see the, the, all the pros and you likely won't see many of the, of the cons, but there's just as many challenges and, and uphill battles that you have to fight through to make it successful and make it work. But uh, but yeah, I, I, I try to keep my Instagram a good balance between social life, having fun, and then also work related. It's funny because, you know, my two businesses are 
you know, one's golf and the other one's nutrition and fitness. So you try to not, you're, you might lose a certain following that if they don't have an interest in one of those two things, if you post too much about one of the two. So I try to keep it pretty balanced on there. Agreed. I was looking through that today. and It's a good balance, man. Like you have a lot of humor in there, a lot of inspirational stuff. So it's very aspirational. Thank you. Yeah. Talk to me about your company. So subscription packages, it's not a new thing. You know, there's, there's one for whiskeys, there's one for pet products. But you know, I went on to your site today. There's a quiz that you could take to cultivate your subscription to what you like and what you don't like. Talk to me about how you thought up the idea. Yeah, absolutely. The, uh, the, the origin of, of Birdie Bundle is, is pretty powerful, and uh, I, I hope it uh, encourages and motivates a lot of other people because I, when, I, when I had the idea, it was less than three months before we launched. So from the, the first thought, the first light bulb popped up, uh, three months later, we were, we were up and running. But it'll be three years old in January, but I have actually owned my nutrition store since 2014 when I graduated college. And I went to school for exercise science and nutrition and always had a passion for, for fitness and health. And I had worked at this local store in my last couple of years of college. And when I graduated, there was an opportunity to, to purchase uh, said store. I just did it. You know, I bought it and not knowing a whole lot about how to run a business, anything pertaining to, to, to finances and, and management and leadership, all of that I kind of learned as I, as I went. And it was great. I mean, it was a dream come true the first couple of years, but then Amazon starts taking off and all these online outlets that sell nutritional supplements start, start booming. And it kind of scared me a little bit to think that all my uh, eggs were in one basket and being a brick and mortar store, it's easy to get, to get crushed by big time e-commerce like Amazon and, and bodybuilding.com and others. And after seeing like Toys R Us closed down and Macy's closed down, it got kind of kind of, kind of scary. So I thought, you know, I, I need to diversify my income and and have a backup plan. So what I do like about Complete Nutrition, the nutrition store that I own, is that it has this residual component. You know, if someone buys a protein powder from me, that protein powder is going to be gone in a month and they're going to need more. They're going to need to restock. So they're going to come back. You know, the repeat customers is, is huge, huge you know element to why I continue to, to stay in business. So I like the residual element, but the whole industry, the fitness industry, isn't very lucrative. It's not a ton of money, not a whole lot of markup. We're not talking about selling $500 AirPods. We're talking about $50 sale here, $60 sale there. So I wanted to get into a, into a sphere, into a realm that was more lucrative and, and would invite people who, who had money to spend, expendable income. And I, and I thought golf would be great. So how, how am I going to make a golf business residual? And like you said, there are these, these subscription boxes in different, in different markets, whether it's, you know, pet food and pet treats and toys or, or makeup or, or, you know, whatever it may be. I haven't seen any golf subscription box and, and, and golf requires a lot of accessories and, and gizmos and gadgets and, and equipment and all that stuff. So I thought, you know what, this, this is a good, good idea here. So I took it and I ran with it. And little did I know there was another company doing the same thing. But if none of my golfing friends had heard of it, that told me that there was room in the market. So, so this was, you know, about November of 2017. And we, uh, we launched late January of 2018. So we've been doing it ever since, and uh, it, it's been great. It's been fun, and we're learning as we go. There's been ups and downs, but uh, like anything else, the more you work, the more you get out of it. So that's what we're that's what we're trying to accomplish here. 
Great idea. My, my dad's a huge golfer, and I'm going to sign him up for one of these. Uh, I think I'm looking at the premium box uh, subscription. It's such a great value. You pay $100 for a subscription, and in that box, there's going to be over $200 MSRP worth of stuff in there. Yeah, over over that, most of the time, we at least double the value. So, you know, the, the, the customer fills out that quiz, like you mentioned before. There's that little profile, and, and we ask questions like, um, we want to know what's your style. Like you would tell us, Hey, we don't wear stripes or I don't like the color pink or I don't like Adidas. Well, well then we won't send you Adidas. We won't send you anything with stripes on it. And we won't, we won't send you anything that's a color pink. So even though you don't know what you're getting, we still have a good grasp on what you'll, what you'd like, what you'd use, what you would find applicable and ultimately something that you would actually purchase in store yourself. So what's the surplus of Hawaiian shirts in your warehouse? Our, our polos <laughs> value, uh, the retail is usually between 65 and sometimes they go up to about $95 for a polo. Cause we, we work with common brands, but we also work with, with premium, you know, high end companies as well. Cause I, I saw that question about what type of shirt you don't like. And I saw Hawaiian in there and I was like, I don't know anybody that likes Hawaiian shirts, but maybe, maybe there is a market. For <laughs> yeah, Some people love like uh, those floral patterns and, you know, in golf, since it is becoming more mainstream and there's a lot of younger people playing, you're seeing a lot more eclectic and eccentric styles and designs and bold, wild, crazy patterns. So there's no telling what we can what we can get our hands on from one month to another. So some months we might have a surplus and just plain old Jane solids and stripes. And the next month it might be a shirt with a bunch of turtle patterns or something like something crazy. Uh, for the listeners out there, it's uh, birdiebundle.com and you could follow them at, at the birdie bundle. Yep. Uh, on Instagram. So I have a quick question regarding nutrition. Yeah. I'd be remiss not to ask some nutrition questions. My audience is a mix of demographics. I know there's been a, a big boom in testosterone boosters. There's a lot of commercials. There's Frank Thomas, the big herd on TV. And it's, it's something that is affecting when you get older, you lose testosterone. Your body makes less of it. That's just how nature works. Do you recommend some of these products or is there a natural way to, to enhance your testosterone? Yeah, absolutely. So in this this is kind of a topic that is, is super subjective because the the market, the industry, it has been flooded with all different companies making a wide scale of of products, whether they be super high quality or low quality. They're both out there, and both and both companies do a great job at marketing. So it's a lot of times it's hard to tell what's good and what's bad. So that's kind of where my education in college comes into play. Is that I actually have you know have a background in this. I know what to get. I know what to look for. And there really are some good quality testosterone boosters out there. Um, they they do run a little bit more price wise than some that you might find at like a Walmart or advertised online, like buy one get one free. Usually, that's that there's um, that's a sign that it might not be what you're looking for or, or the the best selection for you. But there is definitely a way to take different extracts from plants that have been clinically studied, proven to give your body the ingredients it needs to produce more testosterone on its own. So the key difference is it's not like uh, injecting testosterone or some of these pro-hormones where they're synthetic compounds because the synthetic stuff is, is putting testosterone in your body. And while your levels will still increase that way, it's confusing the body to think that it might not need to make it on its own. So some, some of these natural test boosters, they don't trick the body that way and, and it, it can't hurt or damage natural processes. Now, are these products super significant? Are they going to be life-changing? 
Probably not, but are they enough to kind of help you excel forward, give you a little bit of boost, a little bit of what you need? And testosterone is great from, from a lot of different, for a lot of different reasons. And that's one of them, libido. I mean, you don't have, you know, if someone doesn't have a ton of libido or they're exhausted, tired all the time, all these are signs of kind of low, low testosterone and, and taking a supplement like that can, can absolutely help. For sure. The problem is a lot of these ingredients are not regulated, right? Horny goat weeds. It's safe. There's a lot of studies that say that it's going to affect your, your libido positively, but some of these ingredients aren't really regulated, right? Like the FDA doesn't. Yeah. So, I mean, you got a point there, but that's that's said for almost all supplements. So from, from pre-workouts to amino acids to nothing is really approved by the FDA. A lot, a lot of things are tested by the FDA or they're made in facilities that are regulated and they meet qualifications, standards that the FDA has set. But the bottom line is is 99% of the ingredients that are in supplements are naturally occurring in the food chain. They are just companies do their research and they sometimes carry out their own, their own studies and they find what has been proven to work and they dose those ingredients at an effective dose. So horny goat weed, might be proven to work, but at what dosage, right? Is it is it 10 milligrams? Is it 100 milligrams? Is it 3,000 milligrams? So it's one thing to look for a specific ingredient on the label, but it's just as important to find out how much of that ingredient has actually been proven to accomplish what it's supposed to accomplish. So thank you for that information. And and if people want to reach out to you directly and get advice like that, Complete Nutrition has a internet sale division, correct? Uh, we're working on that. So we, we do have a, a little temporary platform right now. When I first bought into the store, I bought into a franchise. So the corporation had a website, but we never had a specific website for us. So when we went independent from corporate in April of last year, we're, we're completely in, independent now. We're not affiliated with the, the parent company. So we are working on a website to have an online platform where people from all over the nation can, can buy supplements from us, but it's not quite finished yet. Most people just honestly reach out on Facebook or Instagram and, and slide in the DMs and tell us what they want. And we can either hop on a call or do it over Messenger and, and we, we ship out orders all the time. But right now, the online platform is, is still under works. Everyone falls down figuratively. To hear stories of how people got up and how they became stronger from it, it's inspirational for everyone. So th- that's the reason why I've been asking all my guests this question. So uh, I want to ask you the same one. Is there a professional or personal failure that you had in your life? Can you talk to us about it and talk to us about how you became stronger? Yeah, absolutely. I'm sure I have my fair amount of what I would consider micro failures more on, on a day-to-day, smaller basis. But a macro failure for me, one in particular sticks out. I, I've been pretty lucky most of my life with the, the choices I've made and the outcomes from those choices. But but one, um, one really uh, kind of kicked me in the nuts there. <laughs> what I, what, when I uh, bought Complete and joined this franchise, there were about 151 locations, and the goal was always to expand. I, you know, I wanted to. I bought the store in Kentucky, and I didn't think it would it would stop there. But it was just about timing, finances. When am I going to expand? How am I going to do it? About two, two and a half years after a pretty successful, you know, first couple of years with the nutrition store, uh, I got, I had an opportunity to buy another one that uh, an owner was selling in Alabama. 
And I felt like this was a pretty good opportunity. The, the price seemed right. The numbers of the store didn't, didn't seem great, but they weren't that far from what the store that I bought was doing and I had turned it around. So I thought, you know, I, I did it once, you know, I, I could do it again. So I, I bought a store in Alabama, about three and a half hours away. And like I said, I went to school for exercise science and nutrition, not for business management, th- things like that. So when it comes to running a store on a day-to-day basis, being in there every day, hands-on, all the operations. It's a completely different atmosphere trying to run a store from three and a half hours away and not being there. So that was a, uh, a huge wake-up call trying to trying to run and operate the store, not being there. But I was unaware of the fact that our corporation had been planning on dissolving the franchise model and letting all the owner operators go their go their separate ways. So I bought this store and not even four months after I purchased it, we got little to no support from parent company, you know, the corporate office. So all of that support that I had signed on to signing a franchise agreement was, was gone. So I was completely on my own and I was three hours away from, from the store. So, you know, long story short, that, that store took an L, you know, I took, I took a loss on that. We, uh, we ended up having to, uh, to close it down and, you know, took, took a little bit of a bath, you know, financially. And that's probably my biggest uh, mistake that I can own up to and say, I, I didn't, didn't, I don't know if I didn't give as much effort or if, if it's, my cards were just stacked against me in that one. But yeah, that, that's probably my biggest failure, but that was, you know, right along the, the same timeline where I had thought of Birdie Bundle and started this e- e-commerce brand. So I'd say it was a, it was a good good trade though. I'm, yeah. I'm still happy where I am, and it get, it taught me some lessons and some values. And you know, you just got to learn from it and and keep moving forward. It's like buying a Starbucks and then the corporation being like, "Sorry, we're done." Right? So you're on your own. Yeah, yeah. It's it's completely uh, completely not what we expected going into it. So. Definitely a wake-up call. Yeah, learning about QuickBooks and credit and all that stuff, you don't really learn that unless it's a very specialized thing. And I don't know, it's one of the lessons that you learned is that you have a certain bandwidth and to expand beyond that bandwidth, it may not work. Yeah, I would would say that's fair. Um, It's kind of, I mean, it's a fine line between knowing your capabilities, but also wanting to to self-grow. And, and take on new responsibilities, learning when to delegate. I think I had just kind of pushed myself too far and, and it kind of got out of my, out of my hands, out of my, uh, my wheelhouse. And I, I wasn't pre- prepared for it. So, yeah. For somebody that's looking to do that, to become an entrepreneur that has the hunger, that has a great idea, what would be your recommendation, your advice? Yes, I would say make sure your lifestyle can handle the risk. If, if, if it doesn't, if it doesn't work out, you know, you might have to cut your expenses, live off virtually, you know, next to nothing. And you have to be okay with that. If, you, if you're not willing to downsize your quality of life per se, then you might not be, uh, you know, an entrepreneur. You have to be willing to make sacrifices. Starting a new business, uh, you have to understand the the sphere that you're that you're entering and make sure there is a demand for that product in the market and, and a lot of people would say make sure you have access to capital i i didn't have access to capital I, we still with birdie bundle i started birdie bundle with like seven thousand dollars and uh wow and didn't take out a loan or a credit card just just uh was very frugal with my with my spending put money back into the, the company left it left it in there 
and uh, operate on just on a cash flow basis. And we should hit our you know first uh, million in gross revenue within the next few weeks. Awesome. So, so to think how it's grown without you know some big angel investor or you know somebody coming in from the start it's been i've taken on partners and a couple of people have bought in which has been great and they've been phenomenal but getting it off the ground is is so important and you have to be you have to have the means to, to do that and follow through and, and and carry it uh it can't be like you can't say okay i have, I have three months to live like this and if it doesn't work in three months then i'm out you've got to be able to gotta be uh long term you've got to be able to be in it for the long haul um, if you're gonna if you're gonna be successful, it's great advice. Have you thought about ever uh, reaching out to Mark Cuban and the Shark Tank people? Yeah, if I had a nickel every time I uh, you know I got asked <laughs> about that. But uh, the the sad truth about my business is it's not it's non proprietary. Man, I, I own the yeah. name. I have the rights to, to the name, but the concept isn't. You can't own the concept. So my fear with that, I'd be I'd go on there. I'd have great numbers. I'd have a great product, a great logo. <laughs> but I feel like the sharks would say we can do this better why do we have to invest in you we can we can we can take your idea and 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 do it better so with more connections and things like that so i have not applied for shark tank but it is it is fun to think about i mean i was telling you at the board i don't know if you recall i was like i'm gonna make a company called eagle envelopes i think i do remember that (laughs) get your lawyers ready for a cease and desist letter i got one this year i got a cease and desist oh did you I got one from, and, and I honestly, I have it. It's, I'm, I'm staring at it right now. I've printed it out because I'm going <laughs> to frame it and put it on my wall. But this uh, cease and desist is from Augusta National. You know, wow. where we you know where the Masters is played. Yep. So it's four pages here, Augusta National. <laughs> and yeah, apparently I, I uh, used some imagery and some text that was a little too close to some intellectual property that they have. So. That was that was a nice uh, <laughs> receiving the mail. Sometimes that media is good media, right? So I was surprised they even you know noticed us, acknowledged us. Like we're small fish compared to them. Payne, I appreciate your time and dropping some of your wisdom and going through your story today. I know you're a busy man. You're still in the office so hustling, which I appreciate. I want to give you the last portion of this episode to talk to us about what you're up to next. You have a message for the audience, whatever you want to talk about. Thank you. I appreciate it. Appreciate the time and having me. Um, Man, I do have some some things in the works, but uh, I don't think I'm going to share those quite yet. I'm going to keep my uh, my jaws shut on uh, on what I kind of have planned going forward. So yeah, I think I think the key to uh, to growth and being successful is you know not being content, always looking about what's next, uh, how can you improve. Always be willing to learn, educate yourself. Just like the nutrition industry, the new ingredients come out, things change, and science changes, and you have to be able to adapt and, and improve as you go. You can't be complacent. You can't be content. You can't sit still. You always have to be moving. So there's always uh, things you can you can do to make yourself better and things you can implement to an existing business. Sometimes it's creating a, an entirely new business. Maybe it's separate. Maybe it complements the one you're already doing. But uh, continuing to move forward and diversifying your income, that's that's the key to success is, is to have a wide variety of, of areas and, and uh, spheres where that can that can generate income. Um, or else you'll, you know, one, one bad flip, one economy crash, and and you're done. So I encourage everyone out there, if, if they have a good idea or if they want to make that leap into entrepreneurship and, and running a business, 
we live in 20, it's about to be 2021. Anybody can do it. It takes hustle. It takes drive, but we have so much at our fingertips and, and so much access to things that, that weren't available a decade or two decades ago. So if you think it's impossible, it's not. Just do your research, invest your time, and uh, and apply yourself, and, and you'll make it happen. Payton, thank you, man. Absolutely, buddy. Thank you. 